Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger. You actually get to look at our faces if you happen to check out, what, YouTube or Periscope. I, these are things that are well above my pay grade, but TJ has it all figured out. So A much TJ, younger crowd than a much, you'd be. Oh, come on, please. <laughs> I'm not that much older than you. Um, Yeah, trying something different, seeing if people like it. If it's too much work or they don't like it, then whatever. We'll just do, we'll just go back to the normal, just iTunes only. So um, trying something new. We'll see how it works. I have no idea, but how are you doing? It's been a couple of weeks. We've been busy. Good. School's starting. School's starting tomorrow for me. Well, not for me, but for Elena. School started this week for you guys. How are things going in your house? Good. You know, we did the math. It had been 515 days since my children did school somewhere other than my house. So I, I, you know, it was a mixed emotions. I was a little sad that I was dropping them off at school, but also mostly really happy that I was going to have two us children for a few hours a day. Um, but they're loving their teachers. They, uh, the school has just been the sweetest school so far. And we've been really happy to them in two days. So check back with me in a week. We may hate it. It may be awful. We may be transferring, but as of right now, it's amazing. Um, yeah, we're, we're definitely at the point where it's like, we think we're excited, but I don't know. How, how upset were you the first time you dropped the girls off? Is it like um, a, pretty upset. Pretty bad. Eric um, took a picture of me this time around that he circulated in our family text. That is not the most flattering picture of me ugly crying as I'm pulling out of the school God. parking lot. But I waited until they <laughs> uh, they were out of the car before that started. But we they did two-day twos when they were little and they weren't two yet because they turned to August 20th and school started like August 10th ish or whatever. So I was really not sure. And it was only for like three hours, two days a week, but they, you know, it'll be great for her. It's so good for, for their socialization. It's good for you guys' sanity, especially cause you guys work at home. Uh, it'll yes. be nice for Bryant to be an only child for a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, all positive things, but that doesn't mean it's not hard that first day. Yeah, no, we're excited for her to go. We're excited for her to get there. Um, but also somewhat dreading the first drop off just to see how it does. We they had like an orientation where we went and, you know, met the teachers and talked to them and they had like a little kitchen thing and she loved that. So we just kept saying keep saying, like, Oh, you're ready to go back to the kitchen place? And she's like, Oh yeah, I'm all about that. So we'll see how wow. it goes. Um all right, we'll start with some sad news and then we'll get to lighter stuff later. But obviously this um 
was it this weekend? Was it what day was it? Was it Monday? It was Sunday? Monday. No, Sunday. Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Sunday woke up to the news that Bobby Bowden had passed away. Obviously, sad news. It was depressing to wake up to first thing. I'm not trying to yeah. make a. I'm not trying to make the. I'm trying to make it about me, but yeah, that's essentially what we do, right? Like we talk about how our experiences. Some of us make it about us. Some of us don't. I mean. <laughs> I'm kidding. Can I change Go your on. name to Pot Calling the Kettle Black down there? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I think you're just going to like, you know, relate experiences to how they impacted you. And that's, you know, essentially what we'll do here. So yeah, crappy news to come out. Um, I've, I've said a lot and I will probably say more about it just on different stuff, whether it be the, the FSU pod that we do or the, you know, anything else that we kind of do and talk about. But as a Gator, I'm, I'm interested to hear. I mean, everybody's sad about this, right? Like, there's this this transcends any rivalry or you know any like, you know anything like that. But I would be I, I want to hear your thoughts first. Um, as kind of being on the other side of the rivalry forever. Well, you know, Bobby Bowden represents everything that's good about college football, right? I think that he, you know, was really one of the last like true pillars before college football kind of became what it is now, which I think is maybe not as pure as it used to be, not as uh, true to its roots as it, as it used to be. He made college football fun. He made the rivalry between Florida and Florida state fun. He and Spurrier will, you know, be ingrained in my memory forever for my entire life for the, you know, the little jabs back and forth, um, how intense the rivalry was. They, they are a large part of why, it's as intense as it was. He is. Um, but I think that his legacy so far transcends college football. It's so much bigger than our rivalry. It's bigger than Florida state. He was an incredible person. He did a lot for his players. He did a lot for his community. He did a lot of charity work. And, uh, you know, I think that his impacts are going to be felt for a really long time. And, you know, what a life well lived. D don't we all want to be 91 live long enough to see the influences that we had through our work. He gets to look at Florida state and see the program that he built. Bobby built that program. Look at his children and the successful careers that they have gone on to have. Look at his former players and see the things that they have gone on to do, you know, and you make it to 91. That's, that's all we can ask for. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think when you, I mean, it's sad because it's like you're, you know, one of your course, heroes dying. Like it's always sad, but you know, there's a difference in sad and tragic, tragic. right? Like this wasn't Absolutely. a tragic loss, you know. I mean, like, I cried for days over the Kobe stuff, and this sucks. Like you, you're not like sad happy and that, tragic are two totally like, different things. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's sad. It's expected, you know. I mean, really, to get to 91 is really, really impressive, especially yeah. with all the stress that, you know. I mean, think about how stressed we are. You know, like he dealt with a lot of stress coaching yeah. for 50 something years. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, that's the biggest thing. I think the biggest takeaways are the, the, I was talking with somebody about it the other day, actually the administrator at, at Elena school, um, the indirect impacts, right? Like I can't think of another, of another person who has indirectly, uh, at least in that coaching aspect who has indirectly impacted people for good as much as Bobby Bowden. Cause you think about like every home that work done has given yeah. away because of Bobby Bowden, every good deed you've heard like from Charlie Ward or the three NFL men of the year that Bobby coached Anquai Bolden, Derek Brooks. And I was going to um, say Derek Brooks has a school here done. in Tampa yeah. that indirectly, Bartolo, you know, and so like, and that's just some of those, there were two other players that he coached that like were finalists for uh NFL coach of the year. Like no coach has even, had a couple of coaches have had two, but nobody's ever had three 
guys win NFL man of the year. Um, Deshaun Watson, you know, won a national championship, all these things. Mm-hmm. He was one of the recipients of, of a house from work. Yeah. Again, kind of bubbles up to coach Ballon and stuff like that. No coach like spent that long. Uh, coaches have spent like a long time at different universities, but spent that long at one university and really impacted people. And I even look at like, you know, the stuff that, um, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember James Coleman and stuff. He's on Twitter here and there, but FSU fullback, he does tons of backpack drives and giveaways. And like, anytime everybody asks him, like he just did one for going back to school here recently. Anytime anybody asks him, like, it's all just because like, hey, this is what I was trained to do. Like when I was playing football yeah. and stuff like that. And I don't know. So not only like for like the positive, for the good that, that I think Bobby's impact is far greater than just really about anybody else th- that I can think of um, in that coaching aspect, the, what he was a, he was a pretty good coach too. Right. Um, what he was able to do in in building a program is something that I don't think we'll ever see yeah. again. Like, I don't think people stick uh, around and build programs like yeah. that anymore. And, and I really think with like the landscape of college football, like there's so much money and there's so much like well, and it's ha- such a what have become, you done for me yeah, lately? It's not world that people don't get the opportunity you, to build programs unless you're you, saving. Yeah. And even that, I mean, he he walked into an Alabama that had been oh, built. Now they they yeah. weren't good the few years before him, but but I mean, like Florida State was never good. Like they right. took like a, a girls' right. College I mean, that's the, the house you that know, like, right? Yeah. You know, Saban is probably the yeah. best college football coach of all time. But I mean, sure. and what he's done is more impressive than what Bobby did in some respects. But what Bobby did in literally taking the college from nothing. Is something yeah. that we've never seen before and we'll never see. I mean, unless you want to go back to like, oh, well, Newt Rockney built Notre Dame. I mean, like, did sure, you, that, when, um, when there was no football, right? Did like, you read Saban's statement and the yeah. little anecdote that he told? Yeah. No, he – I mean, Saban's so classy and, yeah. you know, if you have it up or want to talk about it or whatever, like I'm, well, I'm down for I, it. I don't, I don't have it up, have but, uh, but essentially what he said was that – um you know, he grew up in West Virginia and when his dad died, he was, he was already coaching college football position coach or whatever. And, um, he didn't know Bowden personally, but Bowden, I guess maybe knew of his mother or knew her a little bit or whatever, but anyway, had heard that she was lonely back home. And so I guess he reached out to Saban and said, you know, if you want to come coach on my staff, you will always have a job here. And that way you can be back and be close to your mother. And, you know, that's just not something that, um, well, it's not something you see anymore at all for sure, but it's such a rare thing. That's not, it wasn't, Hey, you're the best at this position. So we want you come here. It's, it was reaching out to his humanity, not his, uh, coaching ability. And, you know, that's, like I said, it's rare. It's not something that most college coaches do. Um, so, Another story, um, Gene Deckerhoff got a call in 1989 to be the play-by-play guy for the Bucks, And um, at that time, Gene was doing a TV show called The Bobby Bowden Show. I mean, I'm sure you saw it at some point. Um, On Sun Sports. Yeah. My so, home. Um, was doing that show with Gene, and um, he was like, I had to get the AD's permission. I had to get my boss at, you know, not IMG, but whoever it was back then, like had to get their permission right. and then had to get Bobby's permission too. And so he's like, I got the first two pretty easily. And then I got, I called Bobby and I just said like, Hey, you know, would you be open to this? And he's like, I was nervous and 
Bobby answered the phone and he was in a bad mood because he was really late getting back home that night or whatever. And he was like, I did not think it was going to go well. And as soon as I told Bobby about it, he was like, absolutely go do that. Like, I'm so happy for you. Like when, when can you get, I mean, you starting this year, blah, blah, blah. And Gene was like, yeah, I mean, I will, but like, here's the catch. Like if we're going to do that, we're going to have to tape the Bobby Bowden show. We're going to have to tape your show at two 30 in the morning because I'm going to have to get to wherever that NFL game is. Right. Yeah. A lot of times in Tampa um, and Gene obviously lived in Tallahassee. So uh, Bobby said, yeah, that's not a problem at all. I'll get up at two 30 in the morning. I'll do that for you. You cannot miss out on this opportunity. Wow. And, and Gene like teared up telling the story the other day, like no other coach, like right. high school, peewee college pro would say, yeah, I'll get sure, up at two 30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, so that you can go call NFL games. And he was right. like, and now because of that, I've gotten to call two Super Bowls. I've called, you know, massive playoff games and this, that, and the other. And I would like Coach Bowden could have easily just said, No, you're not doing that. And I'd have just right. kept doing FSU games. Like it would I'd have right. been like, oh, that stinks, you know, maybe in the future. But uh yeah, as as great of a coach as he was, and you know, he still has records that'll never be broken. You know, I mean, as good as Saban is, like he'll never go 14 years finishing in the top five. Yeah, just because of the way the playoff works now. I mean, right. it, you know, if you miss it one year, you're out of it. And so, right. um, you know, there there will no, I don't, I I doubt again with the way the playoff and everything else is going, I doubt we'll ever see somebody go 14 years in a row in the top five again. Like that's just absurd. Like that is that's crazy to think yeah. that to think that that level of consistency. And I, I think that if the playoff existed in the nineties, his Spurrier and Bowden would probably both have, uh, you know, a couple more, um, titles. National Cause titles. they were, oh, for they, sure. they, they were always right there. I mean, Florida state played, um, in like six of them, you know, <laughs> in yeah. like the 11 year span. And obviously Florida played in what, four, three or four, um, I guess three. So anyway, yeah, with, with the playoff and those teams finishing so high every year, it, it would have been cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it transcends so much of the rivalry, it transcends so much of everything. I mean, just an absolute legend on and off the field, his impact, you know, Florida, I mean, you think about everything, everything that Florida state does, right? Like, I mean, I, we're not even talking if, if, I mean, you know, I mean, really think about that. Like, I don't ever become a Florida state fan if Bobby Bowden doesn't go there. You know what I'm saying? Like it just like, they, they're not a, like, could somebody else come along and make them good? Sure. But like, probably not to that level. Right. Like, and right. if he doesn't come, there's no, uh, you know, there's no Deion Sanders. There's no Jameis Winston. There's no Chris Winkie. There's no Peter Warwick. There's no Charlie Ward. There's, I mean, you think about all the other things like, you know, there's no Buster Posey, like the baseball. What, you know what I'm saying? Like he yeah. made like all of the sports relevant. I mean, nobody's well, he made picking, Florida state. Relevant. Yeah. Nobody's that. picking Florida state to go to like, there's no, uh, Brooks Kepka or any of these guys that are dominating the PGA or dominating the MLB or anything else. Like none of that exists right. with, without him, you know? And so that's kind of like, what's, what's cool to see. What's cool to think about, um, is yeah. that not only did, I mean, you have to have football is the lifeblood of any program, but without sure. that, you know, none of this other stuff happens. Um, right. so it's, it's, it's pretty cool to when you kind of look back on it and, and think about it from that perspective. So, um, Again, crappy news, but man, it, it really has been neat to hear some of the stories. So, I mean, yeah. he was definitely the, like you said, like, I mean, it's like your pastor or your granddad or somebody like he was definitely the one-liner king. I saw like in his retirement speech, he was like, 
yeah, now I'm driving all these speaking engagements. Or he's like, I used to drive everywhere and, you know, it'd be just me on the road or me and a, an assistant coach. I drive and drive and drive. And he's like, you know, now I'm retired and we, we're a little more leisurely about things. And now Ann does all the driving, like Ann drives. And he's like, I just sit there and hold on to the wheel, you know? <laughs> so like, <laughs> every, you know, everything he said was just, I mean, a one-liner, they were like, you know, um, you know, uh, what, did, what was, what was another one? I don't know. He said something about like one of his players, like he was like, you know, Oh, I know what it was. Yeah, he, something, or he says, um, uh, what did he say? Something about, he didn't know the word and he goes, and I just got his grades and yeah, he didn't he know, know a lot of words. Yeah. Like, yeah. isn't he, isn't he, a, isn't he, you know, doesn't know what fearful means or afraid oh, yeah, or something that's like what that. It is. He doesn't know yeah. what the word of fear means. And not just yeah, got his grades. Like, he doesn't know what a lot of words he mean. Know what a lot. <laughs> um, you know, he'd be so mad and obviously like doesn't use any real language or whatever. So he'd say dad gummit, which is obviously pretty, mm -hmm. pretty trademarked, but he'd be coming off the field and like, you know, Christian cussing and saying dad gummit and stuff. And they'd say, you know, what are you gonna do about these offensive holdings? You got to go into the first half and he goes, I don't know, pray or something, you know, because <laughs> clearly nothing about. So anyway, he was fun. Um, it's been fun to kind of, I mean, like he's been out of the limelight for so long and everybody still yeah. loves him and stuff, but like, it's, it's fun to kind of like remember back on all the, yeah. all the funny things he said, the good things that happened, whether they were on the field, off the field, you know, in titles and stuff like that. Um, he joked, you know, I saw him on Leno and, you know, Nebraska missed the kick wide left for, for us to win the national title. And he's like, we missed right. all those kicks against Miami. Ride, right, wide, right, wide, right, wide, right. And he's like, that wide left though, that wasn't so bad for us. You know, <laughs> I, I kind of liked that one. So anyway, I don't know if you have any other Bowden thoughts you want to move on, but yeah, really, I mean, it's sad again, but really cool to kind of like, you know, relive some of the highlights for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously not something that catches that caught anybody off guard, but still sad when it happens, kind of a closing of a chapter um, that we'll probably never get to reopen in terms of college football and what it used to be. And I think for all of our, us college football purists that, you know, it's really sad. Yeah. No, it stinks. And it stinks when your heroes die, but again, yeah. you would want nothing else than like a full life where he Heck lived. Yeah. I mean, he said something to the effect of, you know, don't, don't want to go to the grave with life um, left to live or something like that. And and he certainly no. didn't. He, 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 he did it all. It was a life well lived. Absolutely. Um, okay. So in lighter news, although that wasn't <laughs> so bad, it's like, you're kind of like celebrating somebody's life uh, fall camp going on. You guys yeah. are out there practicing. We've been out there practicing for the last, I think we we're into four days of camp. Football season not that far away. Um, what twenty yeah? five days for us today? Twenty four when this drops, and then so one less for you. Twenty three when it drops. Um, so football not too far away. Do you guys have a quarterback battle down there? Have you guys ironed that out? Um, I mean, I think Emory, Emory Jones obviously is the heir apparent. Mullen has said uh, he still has to win the job, but I he's going with the ones. It is. It, he's who they're presenting on the podium for press availability and stuff. I think for all intents and purposes, uh, Jones is the guy. Um, how much, how much do you think, do you think Richardson gets some burn though this year? Like, do you think he comes in and um, plays some? So I do. I don't know. I don't know enough about what he's doing on the field and practice there to know if it's because he's going to be a good change of pace or he's going to add to the game or if it's because we want to make sure he doesn't join the transfer portal. Um, 
which unfortunately in this day and age, you kind of have to keep your entire roster happy, not just, you know, your, your starting quarterback or whatever. So uh, I think we see him. I don't know which reason uh, as of yet, but we see him on the field some this year. I think probably in a limited mountain, just like we saw Jones, unless Jones struggles. And then you may see either more of a two quarterback or, you know, in a desperation, a, a move, but Jones is the guy. And um, um, it'll be interesting to see how much they're okay. So like Jones is, uh, you know, I don't know what his true passing ability is or isn't. Cause it seems like every time he came in last year, he was just running the ball. Right. Um, but I'm certainly, um, a, um, I don't know. I don't know if he's run first. I don't know if that's disrespectful to say that to him or not, but certainly more athletic and mobile than Trask yeah, was. And so I mean, we'll be running a lot more. A um, dual threat quarterback, right? Like I don't, nobody says that about Trask, even if he is able to take off every once in a while or, or you know, or whatever. Trask is not a dual threat quarterback. I think this is going to be great to watch because this is Mullen's first quarterback signee for Florida, right? This is the guy that he recruited that fits the mold that he thinks exists. And, and, um, that really excites me because I think that Mullen is an incredible quarterbacks coach. I think that he did a great job with what was already there. I think he's going to do a much better job when he is, when it's his guy, when it's his players. Like we've said, you know, 87 million times, my only reservation, and I um, hope that I'm totally wrong, is that I'm, I was surprised at how little impact Jones had in previous seasons because I feel like if he was this just, incredible talent that was there on the bench Mullen would have figured out a way to incorporate him more in the game because I feel like that's also another strength of Mullins is pulling guys off the bench a change of pace guy you I think back to Tebow and Chris Leak and how he was able to change up games and and truly win games by involving Tebow in 10 or less plays a game Right. right so it makes me nervous that maybe he's not as good as was advertised or whatever, just because we didn't see him. And maybe Trask was that good and we were on a roll and whatever. But it just felt like when Mullen brought him in, he was bringing him in to appease him as opposed to bringing him in because it was something that was really going to change the pace of the game and impact the outcome. I don't really think that there was any time that he came in that really did change the course of the game. Um, And so that's, that's my only hesitation. Well, as I mean, so I've got a couple of thoughts. As much as Mullen is a quarterback whisperer, it never seemed like he brought him. He always seemed to bring Emory in at a weird time. Yeah, and maybe that's it just because very forced. it. And and I think the reason for that is like Florida's offense never really struggled. I mean, maybe a little against right. LSU and True. then first half against Bama and then the Oklahoma game was so weird that like who knows. But like other than that, like the offense never really struggled. And so there it doesn't right. I don't really know why you would ever maybe there's bring, not that same you know. moment, right? You know, there isn't that time where you're down and you need you need some sort of I don't huge think they ever, momentum change. And I, I don't think um, they ever needed to bring Emory in. I think they wanted to keep him from transferring. I think they I do too. I, yeah, I think so that's they wanted why to keep him from transferring. Like, and the, the and maybe that's that it. Maybe they in, just never like, actually needed the help. But they it needed seemed like it, stay. you know, drive stalled or yeah. he'd go in for a couple of plays and then have to go back back out because it just yeah. it wasn't good. But what's weird about it is this year you're you're putting a you're taking a run first guy out and putting not that Richards is not dual threat, but like Richards was Richardson's supposed to be the better like 
pure passer all the sure. time, right? Like, sure. and so that to me, that is interesting. Will, because it's the reverse of what you're used what to. What do you normally, of, you never uh, see that. Like you always, right. you always go with your pure. Um, so when that happens, how, you know, how do defenses adjust? Because I don't even really remember many situations where that's ever been the case, where you took out right. a running guy to Which put in a passing guy. Like everybody expects, everybody expects Milton and Travis to split time, but they sure. all think that Travis is going to get the bulk of the snap. I'm sorry. Milton's going to get the bulk of the snaps because he's like the pass first guy. Like that's right. just how we, well, think it'll be interesting because uh, I mean, on a very rudimentary level, I would think that it would be harder for defenses to scheme for a pure passer to come in than it would be for a guy that, you know, is going to run just because I feel like there's so many more options for where that ball could be going. If your change of pace guy that's coming in is going to throw it. Whereas if your change of pace guy is going to run it, you know where he's going, right? right. I mean, you for for the most yeah, part, and well, you just drop. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it'll also be hard. I mean, as as much of a problem as it may present for the defense, it's also a problem for the offense because you come, become pretty one dimensional. You know, like you yeah. just drop drop eight guys back in a coverage, keep a spy, and hope yeah, you know, hope he doesn't take off running. So, um, I'm interested to see. I mean, we've talked about this. Florida has some. I mean, in true Florida fashion, some absolute cupcakes that they open up the season with. And so I think that's really good. I think that, um, you know, Florida State's going to put a new quarterback out there and go up against the top 15 team um, in the country. And and Florida is going to get to play the Fighting Willie Taggarts and USF, who are both just absolutely terrible and pathetic. And I think that's really good for Florida. I mean, if we the number one team in the country week three. So. I mean, I think that game actually doesn't even really matter. I mean, just to, for all intent purposes. At I mean, Florida I, and Alabama doesn't matter. No, not really. If you if you guys win out outside of that, you make the playoff. You know, if you if yeah, Bama loses uh, that and wins out, they make the playoff. You know, that like sets the tone for the season. That game, I mean, maybe, that game is but, important. And that now I listen, mean, maybe. that game. If Florida wins out, that game, win or lose, could be a repeat. Right, like we right, and that's that what I'm saying. Twice. Like I just don't. And I do, but I do. So like I for playoff, not yeah, it's not that it doesn't it's matter. A, to the it's season. a it's a huge it's a massive game, but for all intent purposes, it's like the Clemson Georgia game week one. It really doesn't right. matter if you take care of business the rest of the way. It doesn't matter. That yeah, that but game, it sets the tone for SEC play. You Florida's going to know what I mean, they're Florida, working with. Both teams could lose by three. The season and only I gets still... easier from there, though. So if Florida comes out and only loses by three to Alabama, that gives them some major confidence going into the rest of the season where they know it's downhill from there because they started out oh, with you Alabama. You can't treat it like that. I mean, no, Florida's not losing. Florida's not, I mean, Florida's not losing any games because they lose to Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Like if they lose to Georgia, it's because Georgia was better. Like they, I don't know that momentum carries over for week to week, but it definitely doesn't carry over like eight weeks later. So, I mean, I Starts don't know. Starts that ball rolling. I, I don't know. I think that yeah, the game is massive. I'm not trying to say that the game isn't big, but for I mean, all intent purposes, for it doesn't, I mean, it certainly doesn't matter for like, the playoff or the sec or anything else. No, I mean, it doesn't you know, matter like, for the playoffs. It, it, it matters. You know, it matters for the fans. It matters for the fans for sure. It's my birthday weekend. It totally matters. Um, for it definitely matters for the fans. But again, I think it's a good thing for Florida to get to face bad teams early. Um, I mean, they schedule poorly. Well, you I know? don't think that FAU and USF are the worst teams that we've opened up about. Against. I mean, they're, they're I think. pretty bad. FAU was really bad last year. And USF went, what, like two and eight? 
I mean, like these are really bad rebuilding programs, both with new, I mean, kind of like Florida State, both with brand new coaches in the middle of a pandemic, like Tagger and Scott, like they were really bad. You know, FAU, uh, I think FAU like won their first game against UMass or something last year. I mean, they, you know, and then they just absolutely blew some stuff down the stretch. Yeah, they, they beat Charlotte and then they, oh my gosh, yeah. They lost to Southern Miss. They lost to Georgia Southern. They lost to um, Marshall. They scored six points, or they scored ten points against Western Kentucky. Got blown out by Memphis. So yeah, they're they're not very good. And I mean, Florida's going to beat both of them by thirty plus. You know, and if not, it's a problem. Um, so I am excited for that USF game. I'm going to a tailgate for that. It's going to be 900 degrees. It's going to be it's going fantastic. It's going to be degrees. I'm hoping we're going to get to be there, but Hayden also has a gymnastics meet that day, and they don't tell us uh, what time she competes until like a week before. So we're going to have to see. But I'm hoping you that we split responsibilities there. that weekend, or do you have to go? It's going to be her first competition, and so there's zero oh, percent chance there, or I will uh, will miss that. But. If Hadley would rather go to the game, I'd be happy to take her. Um, well, so Hadley doesn't compete out. that week, so she might so actually want to so, go to the game. Is she old enough to drink yet or no? I mean, it depends <laughs> on which parent you ask, I think. But. Um, who's the fun parent? I think I'm the fun parent. I don't know. It depends on what we're talking about. If we're like, if it's like, can I have ice cream after dinner? I'm the fun parent. If it's like, can that's I do a backflip off of the die dive into the pool? It's Eric. That's the fun parent. If you're looking for injuries, it's Eric. If you're looking for sugar, it's me. Yeah, no, then I'm the fun parent on both of those. Yeah, so <laughs> never mind. Um, Florida State's been in fall camp as well. I don't know. There's so there's so little you can actually tell because people, you know. What are you like hearing about Milton, kick- though? I'm really excited uh, for y'all, for Milton. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, you see clips of, like, he'll make a great throw and then a bad throw. I mean, it's just camp, yeah. you know. So, like, it's early. Um you know, every kid's going to say this, but when we were up at ACC Media Days, I mean, he said that they he was 100%. You know, it's mm-hmm. tough to know um, yeah. how true or not true that is. Um, you know, I hope that he's 100%. I mean, I, I'm thinking he starts. I don't really see a scenario where he doesn't start, um, you know. But yeah. I think it's probably going to be something like a 70-30 split. That's not a number I've heard from anybody. But yeah. um, I think that that could be, you know, that's probably what it'll look like is he gets the bulk of the snaps. Um, Florida State's offensive line was terrible in pass pro last year. They were really good against the run. In fact, Florida State um, Florida State led the ACC in yards before contact. And if you take out quarterback runs, um, they still were second in the ACC in yards before contact for, for all rushing plays. Um, they were dead last in pass protection. Um, last year. And so they just weren't very good there. They've added right. some pieces through the transfer portal. They've had, they've, there's some continuity with some guys coming back, some guys coming off of injury that will help as well. Um, but that has to be, I mean, the, the, it has to get better, you know, you know, yeah, I think Milton is going to be an upgrade at, at quarterback. Um, but will he be enough Right. Um, to well, I mean, he's, gonna wide be, receiver. Yeah, he's not going to be enough to compensate for the offensive line. Um, Florida State took a transfer named Andrew Parchment from, um, I believe, Kansas last year. 
um, who's really, really talented, but it's all kind of just like, can he put it together, you know, upstairs? Can he not check out? Can he not, you know, can he stick around and, and be a, a productive member of the team or not? Right. Um, right. So that that's a big one there. Keyshawn Helton comes back and he was really, really electric last year. Really good. Um, Cam McDonald is a tight end that I think can get a lot of burn. I and mean, he's a big body guy that, you know, um, we've seen how tight ends can be used really, really well in this state um, of recent and of late and, and in the past. Yeah. So hopefully he can, you know, provide some options outside of that. Like it's not the deepest, you know, it's not the deepest um, group. Um, it's truly going to have to be kind of a, a very much a platoon type thing. There's no just absolute like speedsters, like at least Terry had that kind of going for him. Um, but they're kind of, you know, it's going to have to be Milton putting them, putting the ball in the right spot and them, and them kind of getting it, you know, and it's, you know, th it's a better group than, you know, Norvell had at Memphis, but it's also going up against better, you know, talent. Better defense, so that's right. You know, how much can it, he's going to have to be and, and by all accounts, he's done this very well in his career. He's going to have to scheme up a couple of wins. I, I really maybe next week we'll actually go down the list of our two schedules and talk about it because we'll only be a, a couple of weeks out from kickoff at that point. But, you know, when I look at the schedule week one against Notre Dame, I'm mean, not count that as a loss. Could FSU win? I mean, I think they're only like a nine point underdog you know, which is a lot at home, but I mean, they won a bigger game as an underdog last year against North Carolina. So like, is it possible? Sure. Is it likely? No. Um, then they'll win the next week against Jacksonville. Uh, if you win that Notre Dame game though, like anything is on the table. Like if you beat Notre Dame, you could beat anybody on the schedule except for Clemson. Like, so wait, how does that work for you, but not work for Florida with Alabama? Because you, we're in completely different stratospheres. We're, we're, we're trying to get to six wins and you guys are trying to get to like 10 or 11, you know? So yeah, Notre Dame is a massive, and and the reason why is because the it just shows where Florida State is as a as a team. I think that if right. Florida loses to Alabama or beats Alabama, and it stays within a score, you could probably justify that and say, yeah, those are two really good teams, and one team eked it out over the other, right? Like sometimes the ball is going to bounce your way, sometimes it doesn't. I think Florida State loses that game. They win next week against Jet. They win the week after against Jacksonville State. And then I think the most important game on the schedule is Wake Forest. Um, Wake Forest is uh, the ACC is not very good, so an above average ACC team. Um, and so Florida State beating them. If you beat them, I think you can beat all the other mediocre teams in the ACC, such as Boston College, NC State, Syracuse. Um, you know, you've got the wake win. So there's four and then the two crappy teams, UMass right. and, and Jacksonville state. That's your path to six wins. If you lose to wake forest and it's not competitive at all, then I think all those other games, Syracuse, Boston college, NC state, they're all coin flips. And you know, you usually win half your coin flips and that's where Florida state needs to take the first step to getting back, you know, and, and Florida did the same thing a few years ago when they won four games. And then the next year they went, um, six and six and went seven and six by winning that bowl game, I think against ECU. Um, but when they won four games, they were losing against even the bad teams. And, and right. that's the difference, right? With Florida and Florida state, Miami, like there should losing every year to, you know, you, you guys went on like a, what, a five game losing streak to us. Miami went on like a seven game losing streak to us. Like that happens at times. You're going to lose several games in a row to your rival and streaks are going to happen. What can't happen is you can't lose consistently to Wake and NC State right. and Boston College right. and, um, you know, bad teams in your conference. And right. so that's what Florida did. They went four and eight one year, but the very next year they came back and beat all those bad teams. They just didn't beat any of the good teams that were on their schedule that year. Florida State, Georgia, um, 
and, and teams like that. And so uh, that's where Florida State needs to get back to. I don't expect them to come out and beat Florida, beat Miami, beat Clemson, beat Notre Dame, beat North Carolina, but they got to beat the bad teams on the schedule. Like you can't lose to the losers. And you probably need to upset one of those. You probably will lose a game that you're not supposed to. So you probably need to upset somebody, whether somebody that's North you, Carolina yeah. again. And and typically in college football, that is how things work. You sure, typically sure. win most I of mean, the games you're supposed to. I mean, this is why we play to, them, yeah. right? Like yeah. the upsets I happen. Mean, Florida State will probably upset one of those five teams. You know, very seriously, not Clemson. Um, but I mean, they could pull an upset against Notre Dame or Miami. You know, like that's kind of how I'd have that lying. Now, I mean, they beat Notre Dame. Is it a huge I, upset if you beat Miami? I think Miami's going to come in as about a touchdown favorite, and and, and that late in the year, I think it's also very. Um, very well, I mean, hard. a lot's dependent on injuries yeah. and a yeah, whole bunch hard. of TBD it's, stuff. Yeah, I mean, if the teams played each other right now, Miami would be like a seven to ten point favorite, and we lost fifty two to ten last year. So, like, I think that you know, if that game was happening early September, it would be an upset. You know, I also have no clue what the Florida line would look like right now. Like, you know, if 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 Florida State beats Florida line uh, right now, would be a lot to a little. The Florida line would probably be seventeen to twenty one points. Um, I'm yeah. saying what the Florida line will end up uh, right. Uh, being and because it's so far down the road, there's just no way to project how both teams will look. What right. if Florida State shows massive improvements and can give Milton enough time to get them into that Florida game with eight wins? Um, I don't, I'm not predicting I that, mean, but, but if they have eight if, wins, it depends on what those eight wins look like. I mean, does it though? Because when uh, you yes. guys came, because when I you mean, guys it depends on us, what we look like too, but yes, for sure. But that and see, that's where I disagree. When we played each other in 2015, and everyone knew that Florida State was about to come in and beat the dog crap out of Florida, you guys were a three point favorite, and it ended up being 27 to two. You guys were a three point favorite to start that week. Now the line moved to where we ended up being a three point favorite at kickoff. But I think if we go into that game with eight wins, and you go in with something like nine wins, it's going to be a seven point spread. Like that's just what Vegas is going to do because you know because. Now, if Florida State has eight wins going to that game, that means that they upset Notre Dame, three of these four, Notre Dame, North Carolina, or two of these three, Notre Dame, North Carolina, and UNC. And so if they've beaten three of those top 25 UNC teams. UNC and North Carolina are the same team. Sorry, Miami, Notre Dame, North okay. Carolina. <laughs> okay. Miami, I was trying to say too many teams. If Florida State goes into that game with eight wins, they've upset either Notre Dame, North Carolina, right. or Miami, like two of those three teams. Right. And if they beat two top 25 teams and Florida goes in with nine wins with losses to Bama, Georgia, and somebody else, then yeah, I think that that's I mean, probably, I think the odds that Florida are going in with three losses is small, but even two if Florida losses, goes- Just two okay. losses, sorry, because it'd be nine and two with one game left. So the chances of Florida going in with nine and two is, is realistic. I mean, I think that's probably what happens, right? Probably lose to Bama. They probably. Lose I don't to think Georgia. Florida loses to Georgia. They, Florida might have two losses. I just don't think the loss comes to Georgia. I, I Florida as has a diehard has, Gator. As a diehard Gator, I just I know that you think that, but I mean, there's a great chance they. Lose. I mean, I think for, I'm not saying Florida won't have two losses. I just don't think it's going to be to Georgia. I think that Florida has um, routinely, as of late, lost to somebody that they shouldn't. So again, that trend may continue. I just don't think it's going to be Georgia. They also haven't routinely beat people that they're not supposed to beat you know, outside of last year's Georgia game. And so I don't know what you're basing beating Georgia on, but I don't think it happens this year. It could. Okay. Well, 
We shall see. Um, we'll we'll wager on it as it gets closer, and you know my opinion I'll might change it, as we get I'll home, bet on it right now. I'll take UGA I, right now. I have a major little name down there on the bottom, red and red, just for UGA. Oh, that was a choice. <laughs> now it's uh, it's because it's close to the logo that I put on there, so like gotcha. the little red flash. So yeah. So anyway, I think that I think they lose Notre Dame, and they beat Jacksonville State. If they, but if they were to beat Notre Dame, and I'm not predicting this, but if they were to beat Notre Dame. Then they beat Jacksonville State. If you beat Notre Dame, you okay. Are we talking about? Can I just point out that you've talked about how Florida has such terrible opening game, and your second game is Jacksonville State, which is far worse than Florida Atlantic or USF. Um, I don't know that Jacksonville State is that much worse than. Um, you are smoking crack if you're going to uh, even insinuate that they are that that is I, on the same level as either team. And I'm not saying FAU I, or USF is good, but I, they are not Jacksonville State. I hate that I'm about to do this right now, but last right, year, we are. FAU only beat FIU by ten more points than Jacksonville State beat them by. So, like, I I think those teams are closer than you think they are. Like, and that's not to say Jacksonville State is good, but FAU is really bad. Like, that's just my only point: is FAU is terrible. Um, not that Jacksonville State's good. No, but, FAU, but I don't FAU. I don't think FAU is better than Jacksonville State. So I'm my only point is I'm not saying FAU's good. I'm not saying USF's good. My only point is you just gave me a whole bunch of grief on here about how terrible Florida's opening schedule is, and your second game of the season is Jacksonville State. Right. Who's your third game of the season? Wake. So again, would blow out both FAU and USF. Like that's not even close. They're they've been above that like they just won nine games two years ago so like but the point remains if i could have an absolute cupcake mm -hmm. week one as opposed to playing a top 15 team week one with my brand new quarterback that's the idea is to give the guys some kind of live reps before they right. take an automatic loss right right i view our notre dame game as an automatic loss, and I view your Alabama game as an automatic loss. Like both teams are going to lose those games. I know you want to think that Florida is back and everything else, but like they're just not. Like Florida's not going to win that game. We can bet on it. We get closer. We can bet on it now. But it's a loss either way. I would at least like to get my guys some live reps to give me a better chance um, against talent down the road. So, would you rather play? Um, would you rather play two cupcakes in a row, or? A tough team and a cupcake in a row. I'd rather play two cupcakes in a row. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just telling you, Florida's got a better schedule to start. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather play? Um, let's see. Who do you guys have after? And that's the other thing about it is like, I know we we dog on like the SEC schedule and this that and the other. I think Florida State has a tougher schedule than than Florida this year. Do we want to fight that battle right now or not really? I mean, I can fight that battle right now. Let me pull up our schedule because you're so wrong. There's not a no. Sure, let's fight that battle. Let's rank them. Let's do that. Let's let's next year or next week we'll go through like our wins and losses. But like, so wait, let's how do let's you, take when you, both let's take both opponents' schedules and rank them. Um, like rank the toughest games on on each schedule. Okay. But like number one, we'll say it's Florida versus Bama, right? But this is my I question even, for you. I don't even How know if that's you... the case. I don't even know if that's the case because I think Florida getting Bama at home is easier than Florida State going to Clemson. 
But again, we could just put those 1A, 1B. I don't want to fight you that early into the list. But I think you could at least see my argument there. I can see that FSU Clemson is similar to Florida Alabama. It's actually tough. It's actually way tougher when you consider the Florida State's worse. Correct. And that goes into strength of schedule. But that I mean, your strength against your schedule. Like, it your doesn't strength, go to strength of schedule. It, okay. That is really semantics there. The way that they do strength of schedule is how tough your opponent is. It's not about when they make the strength of schedule list, they don't look and see where does Florida State fall and then let me rank the people. They look how you, how your opponent is ranked. And Alabama and Clemson will be 1A and 1B on anybody's schedule, no matter who they play in terms of strength of schedule. And, you know, maybe one sees Ohio State or whatever. I will give you that those are a wash. After that. We'll take those as a wash. I'll, t- I'll take that so far. That's a good start for me, I feel like. I feel like Alabama Clemson can be a loss. After that, you go to Georgia and Notre Dame. Georgia is harder than Notre Dame. I'll go go UGA over Notre Dame. So UGA three, Notre Dame four. I like, I've got UNC over any, I've got UNC over the next team that you pick. Like no way. UNC doesn't go over LSU. I don't care UNC how LSU is, did last yes, year. USC, LSU has so UNC much more is, talent on their no roster way. than UNC, UNC has. Does. UNC has so much a better quarterback, like the guy that's going to go top three next year. And UNC is ranked ninth right now. Also, uh, yeah, no, I, I've got UNC over LSU right now. No if way. the two teams were to play each other on a neutral field, UNC LSU wins. No, no. I'm telling you who'd be a favorite right now. Okay, who would be a favor and who would win might be two different things, but LSU. I, I would, don't have LSU winning that game. I don't. I, there's no way. Not without. Not until we is, see it. Not preseason. I'm not taking a four or five win team preseason over the best returning quarterback in the country. Like there's no way. Like I am absolutely taking UNC over this that. Team is no. Yo, oh. it's two years out of a national title. They lost everyone over the last two years. LSU's recruited so much better than North Carolina. So you're saying that so you're saying LSU's LSU's freshmen that are coming. LSU's freshmen are better than North Carolina's Jimmy and Joe's. I'm telling you, not even close right now. What is LSU ranked? Do the rankings come out? Yeah, I just I'm pulling up the USA's preseason uh, top 25 poll that was just released. So I'm pulling it up to see what we got here. Um, No, LSU may win more games. They may not. I don't know. That's not my point. Right now. If they were to play, if they were to play each other week one, you've got LSU winning that game. Yes, with 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 yes. the with the far superior quarterback on North Carolina. Yes, so I don't think okay. so. And so I think North the Carolina is a, nine, the, and LSU is thirteen in the. I think the calls. I think the coaches in America agree with me by ranking them higher. I think they're ranking based on last year, and I think that. The end of the season, LSU ends up ranked higher than North Carolina. I think on week one, hope week they five, week 12, LSU beats North Carolina. I think that's an interesting one to watch the rest of the way. If you give, I mean, again, it's tough for me to predict that a team is going to be better just based on the fact that they won a national title two years ago when they sucked last year. But like, they, I can't, you're telling me that these coaches did this ranking based on last year, but you're banking, ranking your thing on what happened two years ago. I'm, what ra- I've I'm seen, basing it what based I've seen on the, the talent most, that I know that they have on that roster. I'm I mean, can you name five of their players? Like, what kind of stuff. talent do they have? LSU, 
has some talent on their roster. LSU always has talent on their roster. LSU has more talent than North Carolina does, and it's not even a question. Um, How much farther do you have LSU over them? How much further do I have LSU over North Carolina? Correct. Uh, five spots, probably. So what I'm looking right now is – in fact, North Carolina, their recruiting was very similar last year with LSU at four and North Carolina at 13. Um, I know the four is better than 13, but it's not like North Carolina recruited like down in the There's 50. a really big difference between four and 13. But when you're North Carolina recruiting at 13, I think that's so pretty you want impressive. you a participation trophy? What, what, do you get trophies I mean, for recruiting? Is this Georgia now? Only I mean, if you I win the national title in recruiting, but I'm just saying, like I, that's because you're a shitty school that you, uh, we should give you an it's award harder, because you're at 13. It, I mean, would you agree? Because, that you're it's saying harder, because it's harder to get talent together, you, yeah, because you're not as good, or because you're not you know, on that history. I mean, LSU is always going to recruit well because of their history. But I find that, it interesting that you. I find it interesting better. that you think. I find it interesting that you think LSU is that much better coming off a five win season. When North Carolina just won like ten last year. I'm telling. Um, you, I do. All right. So the next one, we'll we can agree to disagree there. Yeah. I will absolutely take the next one with Miami. Like I don't know who the fourth best team on your schedule is, but this is where you guys fall off a cliff. You've got three tough games, and that's it. There's no one you're going to put close to Miami on this with me. So you can have if we. I mean, I still disagree with you on the last one, but. If you give me the next one, it's two to two right now. I'm pulling up. I just clicked away from our roster, so I've got to look at it and tell you who I think. Honestly, I think – so I've got – so Alabama, then Georgia, then LSU in terms of ranking, and then I think from there you probably look at Kentucky, Tennessee, and Missouri oh as your Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Three. That's terrible. Okay. So which one do you want? Because I got mm. Miami over whichever one of those losers. Tennessee, oh, my God. They won three games last year. Or they have a, new, a whole new coaching staff. I'm not trusting in a new coaching staff that I haven't seen. I, I know that you probably like, like, like them. UCF. I, I know that you probably like them because they I won a title know. in 98, but I still am not counting on that new staff just yet. No, I would say the next toughest game is potentially Kentucky. All right. So I, I got would... Miami over Kentucky and that's okay. not close. I'll give you, right? I'll give you Miami over Kentucky. All right. Um, Florida state's next schedule. Next toughest schedule, we probably just missed one. But and I could have just screwed you the way we did this. We got Florida on our schedule, so I'll take Florida over whoever your next one is. Uh, you, Who's your next you take, game? We have to we have to omit ourselves. No, we no take Florida absolutely no. Florida, Flor no. I've, Florida is not on your it's schedule. Like a self incrimination of some sort. <laughs> yeah, Florida is. But when you look at Florida State's strength of schedule, Florida is on that. And Florida okay. State is on Florida's, which drives their strength of schedule down. down. So if I was really being honest, Florida should have been the third team that I used. Right. And that should have been what went up against LSU. And then right. you would have taken us against LSU. And then I would have had UNC over Kentucky. And then I would have had Miami over Tennessee. And then from there, I think it's probably a wash the rest of the way. So like at that point, I'm going four and one against you in those top five games. Although I'm not I will conceding say anything if, to you. If I put Florida up where they should have been as like the second or third hardest game on the schedule, it does bounce everything back down. I like, just don't think that it's fair that you use Florida against Florida. I think we should I'm using Florida against Florida State. 
I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're like using you're, Florida to to bolster Florida State's argument against I, Florida. But it does. Florida Florida is on Florida State's schedule. Like those teams are not a wash. One of those teams is much better than you can't say that one team is much better than the other one, and then say that the <laughs> that game isn't more difficult for one or the other. Right? Do you think the teams are even, or do you think one's better than the other? No, one is a lot better than the other. Well, then, if one's better than the other, then that game's tougher for FSU than it is for Florida. Uh, all right, I'll, <laughs> I'll concede that for you. I mean, well, you know, so all right. So after those first five, who's your next toughest? Do you have after Tennessee? I think it should be Missouri, not Tennessee. It is. Well, it's but yeah, it's Missouri or Tennessee. We only stopped at Kentucky, and then we just okay. So I got Florida win. So. After that, I want to look at the others receiving votes because I'm kind of interested in that. Um, The next highest team on either of our schedules receiving votes, not that this is necessarily the end-all be-all, but the next highest team on there is NC State. NC State, and then two after is Kentucky. So so if we have NC State against Tennessee – I like NC State over Tennessee without a okay. doubt there. Okay. The next one's Missouri, but they've already been used up. And then the next one on here is Boston College, who no, is also on. Is, do you play Virginia Tech or no? No, they don't play them. Okay. The next one on here is Boston College against Arkansas is how you would want to do it, unless you want to. Sub- we don't play Arkansas, I don't think. Do uh, we? So you don't, you don't even get no, them. I don't think we play Arkansas. Um, wait, who's your, who's your cross? Who's your, oh, Bama. Uh, your, oh, yikes. Bama. Um, yeah. Unless you want to, I mean, you could, West. you could put F, you could put BC and FSU. Like you could use your FSU card there and get me to vote for you to have the tougher game that time. Um, well, but, but if we're using your logic of where votes are, FSU got less votes than Boston College did. Right. That's what I'm saying. But FSU, Boston College is the one that I'm using. Right, so I'm saying you schedule. see Florida State doesn't even help oh, me, though. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, so we get that one, too. So literally, like, all the way, <laughs> the rest of the way down. Okay, but where, it, I do think it, where I do think it gets interesting for you is when we do get to the very bottom. I will give you um, – so then I think the very last couple would be, like, Syracuse and Vandy. I'll give you Vandy there. Syracuse is really, really bad. Um, we didn't use my Wake Forest, but, like, I think it'd be, like, Wake Forest against – I don't even know who you guys have on here that would be comparable, but, or maybe we, Oh, like wake in South Carolina would probably be the next one. I mean, Mm. I'll take wake there. South Carolina is absolute dumpster fire too, with the new staff. So I think the next one, I think you win. And I think that's, um, South Florida versus Jacksonville state. I think that's where you pull back ahead of me. (laughs) <laughs> and then um, I'll even give you FAU over um, UMass. So you do get those. Like, you should. Your, your two cupcakes are tougher than. So then your two cupcakes. Weird. I mean, that said, those are teams that or those are games where both of our teams will go four and oh. And so, like, if that's where you, you know, feel that the rubber really meets the road. So I think you won the the last two. We called. um We said UGA. You took UGA over Notre Dame. We called Bims, Bama Clemson a wash, um, and then I think I won the rest of them. So yeah, I think our schedule is tougher. 
I think you're wrong, but I can't argue with you anymore tonight because it's exhausting, and I'm just gonna let I'll this just play wear out. You down. Um, <laughs> it's literally you are a three year old. Um, I think that uh, I think I'm gonna be cheering pretty hard for UNC this year to finish ahead of LSU for like the most pointless. Oh, so not gonna happen. I also but. can't believe I I also can't believe I left Florida out of it because I would I would have won like every matchup if I just was like oh Florida at the top, you know. So. Anyway, all right. Well, let's talk about this and let's go. Did you enjoy the end of the Olympics? Did you watch any Olympics or like what? I watched you know? lots of the Olympics. I, I watched the time Olympics. difference sucks. You know what? Here's my thing. NBC had five years to come up with a good plan for showing this what's going on. They've known about the time difference. I think the way they set it up was garbage. And then when you go to Peacock and it's like, oh, if you want to watch this event, subscribe to this service so you can watch it live or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't understand how we can send people to the moon, but we can't figure out a way to like know exactly what time the replay of the women's vault is going to be shown at night when it's a replay. Like, I, I just, I... NBC completely failed from that aspect in my mind, but I love watching the Olympics. I, you know, I, I think it's so fun. My girls are competitive gymnasts. And so this is the first Olympics that they were old enough to like stay up with us and watch. And they're huge Simone Biles fans. So they were excited when she finally did compete on the beam. Um, and watching it through their eyes is really cool. You'll see in three years, Elena will be big enough to kind of get it a little bit more uh, when the Summer Olympics rolls back around. And it really is very cool to watch it with your children. But um, I'm putting in my resume for the men's four by one. Um, I do not understand <laughs> how this happens. I do not understand how we don't do a better job in that event. Um, but yeah, did you watch? Um, I did watch a lot. All you gotta do is say that you want to be never mind, I won't say that. But like you, you know, nowadays you can compete in the men's competition, I guess, if you want to. So Oh, I don't um, want to compete in it. I just want to coach them because they're terrible. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to compete. Well, no, yeah, no, you know. I just want to compete. But you can do that too these days, it seems like. Um I, we did watch a lot of Olympics. Um, listen, I'm just being honest. So we did watch a lot of Olympics, but yeah, I agree. I've never seen it like so hard to like even like Someone who considers myself Why do I have tech to watch seven thirty to one a.m. to hope to see the event that I want to see? Like, I, why is there somebody, not a schedule where I could say tune in at eight twenty-one because that's when? I don't know if they didn't. Gonna... I don't know if they didn't want people watching, but as somebody who considers myself fairly tech savvy, like I could not figure out like through Google or anything else yeah. like, when stuff no, was actually happening. I mean, happening. I was googling it all the time. Like, tell me the exact time. Am I letting my children stay up till one in the morning? Tell me now so I can wrap my head around this. Right. Like, it's the summer. I don't... We could do it. Just tell yeah, it. but like, I'm gonna have them take a nap. Can you please help me out here? Uh, I don't. I do not get it. It's like they wanted you. I guess I mean they wanted you to have to watch and tune in the entire time to see your event, but like people don't, right. They just turn it off. It doesn't, it doesn't make people tune in longer. It makes people tune in less. Yeah. It became so frustrating to like try and find, um, but like you have five years. Happening. Yeah. Yes. Um, it was so bad. Um, it's not like you woke up and this surprised you that it was happening the last two weeks. Yeah. It's just an absolute crap show. It also sucked that there were no, um, fans there like that yes like watch that it was it was i felt horrible for the families right even if every person that's in the stands is a family member 
I like how terrible for these athletes. You get to the pinnacle of your career. Your parents got you there, right? Your family, your village helped you achieve this lifelong goal. And you don't even get to have them watch it live with you. Like I just, I, that's really, that's very hard for me to wrap my head around as a parent, as a sister of an athlete, as the wife of an athlete. Like I, that would have killed me. That would have been really, really hard. And I don't understand. I mean, I, we should have moved it to a place where we could have had families. I agree with that, but you know, getting the Olympic committee to do something that makes sense is, well, is dumb. Stupid. It's like getting the NCAA to do something that makes sense. Um, all right. Next week, since we crowned me the champion of having a tougher schedule, um, I think I forfeited because you just drove me insane. As COVID has proven, if you forfeit, it's a loss. So um, shout out NC State Baseball. Um, <laughs> yikes, too soon. I'm identifying uh, as a winner, so I don't. <laughs> uh, just because you say something doesn't mean that that's the case. Uh, really? I'm pretty sure it does. That. I'm get canceled for saying that. Um, if you're still listening to this point in the show, then you probably like us. So we might be safe. All right, next week we'll look at schedules and we'll go through game by game, make some predictions. I feel like we've already kind of done that, but we'll we'll do it officially, our official predictions. And if we have any big news or something, we'll cover that too. But until next week, just remember that my team schedule is tougher than Allie's and we will see you guys (laughs) in about a week or so. So thanks for hanging out.